0: G'day, guys. Welcome back to Beers and Breakevens brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. They make investing in property easy for you. We've got Tony joining us on the 22nd. So, in about two weeks or so, for a major, major announcement. It's going to be huge, probably uh, like nothing we've seen before in Supercoach, I think, Timmy.
1: Mate, I'm so g up to get this one out there and announce to the, the Beers and Breakevens faithful. So, and Tony if one bloke's going to ramp it up well and uh give it the attention it deserves it's tony
0: it'll be t yeah yeah he'll be keen for it so a huge <laughs> announcement coming on the 22nd guys uh we will be announcing our beers and break evens uh code next week so stay tuned for that so the code is dropping next week the week after that i think we'll have tony in that week for a huge announcement and we'll we've got a few other announcements as well as far as weekly prizes and everything it's uh it's going to be a big big year uh also brought to you by bloke in a bar go out and grab yourself a case this week uh can be announced on monday that myself timmy uh Matty the water boy and of course kempie himself will be going for some country tours
1: for mm. the first four rounds of the season you excited about that or what i cannot wait mate if you didn't get that idea on the bloke in a bar podcast on monday just going out to these regional areas singing some tins talking some footy uh I try to get regional as often as I can and and back home to Cooma and whatnot. So to do it for a bit of work and going out with the boys, I, I can't wait.
0: So I think we've got Cairns, Rockhampton, Armidale and Wagga Wagga. So good Ooh. they named it twice. How good! The land of many crows. Cannot wait. That's going to be unreal. So if there are any uh, beers and breakevens fans in particular, we'll both be out mm. there. So make sure you come up, grab a beer. Uh, should be a cracking
1: time. Can't wait for it. I hear your shout, and anyone who comes up to you and says beers and breakevens rocks. That might be the one. <laughs> might be the one. Uh, all right, now
0: <laughs> how good was yesterday? Teamless Tuesday. Oh, 30 man squads fucking loved it spent about two and a half hours <laughs> looking at them going through them uh heap of young guys there worth keeping an eye on uh mate i reckon i was shocked how many first graders were named yesterday i didn't expect mm. there to be this many
1: Heap stronger than i anticipated as well this first week of trials traditionally obviously the weaker side of things but there's some pretty decent teams uh, named to play and the storm roosters trial in particular i can't wait for um the broncos trial are they titans yep looks like a ripper as well and just a few names popping up like sean lane uh, you know Katoni staggs i sort of went wow, i didn't see that coming for for two weeks so mate, we're we're going to learn a lot from this week more than previous years i'd say in week one
0: and just keep in mind this week too the absolute mecca of rugby league 10 games of football that might be a record oh.
1: Yeah, to go with the eight games of SG ball you're watching this weekend, mate. Nine, (laughs) it'll be great. (laughs)
0: Don't get me started on my Harold Mats either. Uh, So 10 games of football this weekend, ranging from Thursday, and then Sunday we've got four games, Saturday three games. It's going to be unreal. And as you said, mate, I thought I'd be, you know, strapping myself in for eight games of reserve Mm. graders. Not the case. Absolutely star started a lot of these games. So very, very excited for that. Yeah, if
1: you didn't get your brownie points with the missus last weekend, then say goodbye to your relationship because you've missed the boat.
0: Yeah, she just suggested we go watch A Comedian on Saturday night. I went, you're fucking kidding, aren't you? <laughs> Not a hope in hell. <laughs> Not a hope in hell. Unless Latrell Mitchell wants to tell jokes at the All-Stars game. We ain't seen no comedian. <laughs> Did you say, darling,
1: living with a comedian with content like that? <laughs>
0: Not bad. Might use that. Um, <laughs>
1: all right, mate. Uh, Shall we get stuck
0: into these trial squads that have been announced? The very first game Thursday night, the February six pm. Uh, I've got the weekly rubdown, boys. Coming down to sit here at the bar on Thursday night for some deep draft content. So that should be available Friday afternoon. So stay tuned for that. But. Warriors Tigers is the first trial of the weekend, Thursday night, 6pm, coming to you from Mount Smart Stadium. Before we do get into that, Timmy, how fucking good, Mount Smart Stadium again?
1: Oh, how exciting is it for the, the Warriors as a club to be there, just hopefully that game and probably will be packed out stacks of local fans. So uh, after a big few years, so good be back to a bit of normality for the Warriors boys and their fans.
0: When you have a look at their squad, mate, a lot of changes and everything. What stands out to you from that teamless Tuesday to start?
1: Not a heap stands out as such. It's more probably things that I'm looking forward to watching. Obviously uh, Tamari Martin and Luke Metcalf naming mm. the half. So they're the big watch. Uh, I, I dropped my big predicted teams on the sc playbook website yesterday so i got my head entirely around how i think things are going to line up round one got some really great insights uh, from different corners around the warriors makeup and it looks as though we're, we're sort of thinking probably chance ninkle clock out at fullback tamari martin and sean johnson in the halves so it's our first look at Metcalf at a new club and what he can produce because I know you're a massive fan of him. Uh, he stats the new South, new South Wales Cup last season of Sublime, the last two years, I, I should say. So when he gets a sniff, I, I suspect it probably won't be around one In so it might be further down the track, but he could be a bloke, hard bloke to unseat. At the same time, if he comes out and brains it and tomorrow he has an off game, you know, tomorrow's not locked into the halves role, I'm sure.
0: Yep. Uh, also, obviously, we do assume that he will be the fullback, chance. But the fullback they've named for this trial, I haven't seen him play, but I was tipped off by a few people. Uh, he played 22 games in Queensland Cup last year. 14 tries, 22 try-, try assists, 105 tackle breaks, 25 line breaks. So one to keep an eye on there as well. Warriors never short on depth. Uh, mate, for the Tigers... Uh, I think Tommy Talao being named, I'm very, very keen to watch him. Matt Amua's in the 13 jersey, pending what happens with John Johnny Bateman. And if they play Joe O there, I think with a big game, he could put himself into this side. Um, one that I want you to keep an eye on, he is coming off the bench. We'll get his number for you. He actually came from the Manly Seagulls last year. Um, Josh Felody, his name is. He's jersey number 17. He's a centre, uh, very highly touted. He could be the little smoky in this centre race. It's very open there at the West Tigers, as we know. So just wanted to keep an Put, eye on there.
1: Putting those teams together, it was the only spot across the entire of Royal where I genuinely had no idea. There was a lot of you know positions where I was saying, oh, you know, there's 50-50 battles and trials will tell. The Tigers back five, to the point, I threw a tweet out to people and just said, look, anyone got any insights around how the, the back five and in particular the centres are going to line up? Got a lot of traction, and I had about 30 different people tell me 30 different things as to how it's going to line up. And then you throw Josh Folletti in the mix here as another sort of smoky to get in there. Uh, As you said, Tommy Talia will get our first look at this season. He's had an injury riddled past couple of seasons. So hopefully he comes out and fires And As I said, Matamua as well at 13. There are probably preferred options at 13 to start the season, but if he kills it... He could be their answer to a ball-playing lock and an absolute gift for super coaches. So, big watch there. The five eight Tristan <laughs> Riley.
0: He comes from rugby, so keep an eye on him. Uh, Fanua Bol, named in the back row, usually a front row forward. So, an interesting little watch there. Mm. I sort of thought he'd be one of the front row forwards. So, uh, it might rotate him or not. But I'll tell you what I absolutely love, Timmy. The captain of this team, Stefano. I fucking love seeing him get the C and hopefully he can start to step it up
1: a little that bit. That says everything, doesn't it? What is yep. it, his third season in the NRL? Yep. Um, and they're doing that, well, it says their expectations on him and saying, mate, this is your year. Take that next step up to be one of the best props in the NRL. So that's that's very telling. And yeah, <laughs> super
0: coach wise he's obviously a very big one that we'll be keeping a close eye on. Let's move to the Friday night games. We've got the Newcastle Knights taking on the Sharkies, the Lockie Miller. Cup, uh, obviously he's not featuring. But mate, one guy that will be featuring coming off the bench for the Sharks, young
1: Max Bradbury, has mm. been the talk of the town recently. Our first look at him in uh, playing amongst the big boys. Obviously moved down to the Sharkies. there from Newcastle a part of that of that Lockie Miller swap deal. So I can't wait to see him play because the hype around him is real. Um, a lot of Knights fans pretty devastated to see him leave the club as a part of that swap. So yeah, as I said playing off the bench. Big, big boy, by the sounds of things. Looking forward to it. You've also got uh, Dominic
0: Young not in this team. So the two wingers are Heimel Hunt and Marsu. I think they'll be fighting it out for a wing spot mm. there. But mate, the bigger watch is at the Sharkies. Yep. Teague Wilton, we've been talking about him a lot during the off season. Uh, we both said, I mean, e- even when, you know, we were, I think it was around 12, 13 last year when Wade Graham sort of came back in and played on that edge, we straight away said, oh, I think it's gotta be Wilton. Wade's a great player, but Wilton's the, the better fit. Um, Teague's been named at in the second row and Wade's actually been named at 5'8", which we were talking in the car on the way in here. Doesn't really make much sense to us, but great for Wilton.
1: It is, yeah. He's He was already on my radar. I actually owned him for a period last season. If you look at his scores, so he played 80-minute games for the majority of the first nine rounds last season. He had scores of 85, 77, 54, 33, 54, 68, 34 and 102. The two lowest scores there were 33 and 34. They were both in 64 and 66 minutes. Uh, go down his next 80-minute game during the season, a 76-pointer against the Cowboys. So Teague Wilton priced at a tick under 500k. He averaged 47 in 60 minutes last year and 46 in 63 minutes the season prior. The fact that Graham's at 5'8 might be a little telling. I also saw some quotes Recently from Wade Graham saying, as it stands, he's not in the starting team at the Sharks. He's been training between middle and edge. All signs pointed to Teague Wilton nabbing the starting spot for the Sharks uh, in round one in 2023. So, going off recent years' numbers, I think he needs to be playing 80 minutes to be a buy. Mm-hmm. If he's at 60, well, you know, he might be a 50-point average player, but he's very good. There's a lot of attacking upside. He runs a great line. He's a big, strong player. So... If, we can get, if he does start round one and it looks as though or we can get word of him playing 80, he'll probably be in my team.
0: He's gonna be hard to leave out <laughs> if we have that guarantee he's mm-hmm. gonna play 80. Uh, mate, the other thing I'm excited about in this game, uh, the four front row forwards that are starting, Rudolph, Hamlin, ULA, Jacob Saifede, Daniel Saifede. Uh, I think the Saifede's need to go to another level this year and I'm stoked to see them go up against two. Established first graders and good front rowers first up. Um, I would keep an eye on the two nines as well. Obviously, we know what Jaden Braley can do. I think he's in for a huge season. But Jaden Beryl, uh, I think he's the best hooker to not play first grade yet. So keep an eye on him for the Sharkies. Very tough to get into that team. Obviously, uh, Braley's been tremendous. uh, But another one to keep an eye on there. Mate, is there anyone
1: that, uh, anything else that jumps out to you from this game? Uh, not really, mate Particularly from a Supercoach standpoint We could go into ru- Rugby league specific Things that excite me And we could be here for days yep. Supercoach wise They're the big watchers for me I think Bailey Hodgson's the only other
0: one But yeah, I can't yeah. see a world Where Miller doesn't start <coughs> In the one now Exactly They've sold the farm To get him So um, can't see that Playing out Keep in mind guys That night Sharks game uh, That one kicks off At 5.55pm That one's At, uh, at Gosford uh, And it's a double header So straight after that We've got the South South Sydney Rabbitohs Taking on the Manly Seagulls. Uh, for the Bunnies mate uh, not too much super coach relevant here. There's a couple of young guys there to watch. The only one that I would say is probably uh, Richie Kenner. I keep hearing he's having a great pre-season. Uh, outside of that mate, not really jumps out. Good to see Harm Selle and Davey Mowali uh, get to play up front with decent minutes there but outside of that, nothing really jumping out to me at south side.
1: Really a, a real weak one. Traditional trials outfit named by the Bunnies so very little there.
0: Yeah, as far as the Manly Sea Eagles go, uh, anything jumping out to you here, mate? Anything that interests you?
1: Not really, mate. What we spoke off air a little bit about, I suppose, just the uncertainty around the, the Manly Sea Eagles Park. Mm. Who, who are the front rows who are going to get minutes this season, particularly early on? An edge back row role vacated by well, I was going to say Josh but didn't really play there last year, did he? So not really. It's more so Davey. Davy, yeah, So an edge back row role. So just to watch there. What, what you mentioned. Uh, Might be Benny Trebojevic is in the hunt there. Uh, Obviously got... I just think
0: it's interesting, like, Ben Condon's come
1: down. I've
0: always considered Ben Condon to be... (coughs) A second row forward yeah um and i heard he's had a really good preseason so far he's been impressive but he's been named in the front row and ethan bullimore another guy that i think he started on that edge last year for the manly seagulls early he did, yeah. he's been named in the 13 so it only really leaves burbo there and now we we both think that kelmer uh he'll get this jersey but it is interesting that ben condon and bullimore seemingly playing as uh middle forwards which ben condon I really liked him in the grades coming through and you had very, very similar mail. came into first grade last year. wasn't o- or the year before wasn't mm. overly impressive, uh, but I think he's at like 234 K. So a watch considering Manly's forward back, especially their middles is pretty, pretty low yeah. at the moment.
1: That's it, mate. And it's, you know first year in the top grade as a young fella it takes time they're not all going to set the world light straight away are they so uh, benny condon certainly a watch uh keep an eye on the
0: hooker yeah. uh, two gordon chancum tong
1: uh very exciting little
0: nine uh, probably uh, comes from the bizarro world of uh, Lachlan Croker. So keep an eye on him. <laughs> uh, Saturday, mate, we've got the Battle of the West, the Penny Panthers up against the Parramatta Eels grand final replay there.
1: Uh, Zach Hosking probably dominates thoughts here, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy to see it after copping a bit of flack over my Luke Garner starting for year. call. So again, we're only making a few assumptions here around this team list, but in a very weak Panthers side, I mean, Tarouf is probably the only bloke in there who I see in the starting 13 for Penrith round one. Zach Hosking, Hosking named on the edge, bodes well for, for Luke Garner starting round one. There's a bit of talk of obviously Scotty Sorensen maybe getting that starting role, but um, the, the only main watch for Penrith will be Zach Hosking for me.
0: Yeah, keep in mind, I've had a lot of people <coughs> message me and say, Jamin Salmon's in the back row, so he's lost his spot to Peachy. Just remember, Peachy's playing in the All-Stars game, so don't read into these team lists too heavily. There's certain things to take, it, but don't freak out. My little watch coming off the bench is Jersey 24, Riley Smith. Uh, You know, we're having this big discussion this preseason about the Panthers hookers, Kenny, Luke. I reckon over the next three years, he will be the best nine of the club. So just wanted to keep an eye on there, Riley Smith.
1: I I won't get lewd and throw any... uh out any shit puns that we've thrown, uh, every rugby league fan has from time to time, but you love your your young number nines, don't you? Like, you seem, to, of, of all positions, we know you're an expert around all things junior rugby league and blokes coming through the ranks, but number nines in particular, you know love every nine don't you? You yeah. do like your nines.
0: Interesting little story about Riley Smith. He was Australian Schoolboys League and Cricket. Same year. Jesus, first guy to do it in about fifty odd years. So <laughs> had to make a decision. Has gone with the league. That's you. unbelievable. So yeah, yeah. Uh, good kid too. Really nice kid. Um, all right, for
1: the Parramatta Eels, mate. Anything jumping out to you here? Just the watch on the edge back row. That the right edge, Isaiah Papali'i spot is so up for grabs. It could be Gyra Mamasia, who's been named to start in this trial. Matt Durie's named on the bench. Jack Murchie's extended bench. I can't imagine there being a lot between these candidates. Apparently, Momma Sea has had a really good preseason. He was the hype of last preseason out of Newcastle. He killed the trials. So everyone was saying, oh, he'll be there, he'll be there. Hardly featured for them last season. So, whichever one of them blokes gets that role, we know that um, Brad Arthur does like to have an 80 minute back rower. That being said, he's had some pretty good options in the past to go yep. with. But. Whoever lands that, I mean, jobs could be a bit of of an issue early on, but if the minutes are there, they're they're absolutely options for round one. So I'll be watching all of them very closely, along with Josh Hodgson and how he returns.
0: Yeah, I think, obviously, that back row spot, and as you said, he's had some very good guys to pick from. He's also... Turn some pretty average footballers into superstars in mm. that back row spot. You look at your Sean Lanes, Isaiah Papalitis, these sort of guys. So hopefully you can do that again. And yeah, Josh Hodgson is a huge watch. What do you want to see from Hodgson this weekend? Obviously he's not playing with the two halves, so it doesn't answer all my questions. But are, are you are you expecting him just throwing off the deck to the halves? Is he going to be at his crafty best? What
1: what are you sort of expecting to see? I I want to see him just taking off from time to time at hooker. Like while I expect his game this year to be a little bit more, just service off the ground, early ball, Mitchy Moses, Dylan Brown, you don't like what makes Josh Hodgson special at Hooker is his playmaking and, and how crafty he is. He's a bloke's, his ability to turn blokes inside out. You know his forwards coming off him, and he has so many options and keeps defensive lines guessing. So I just don't want to see him entirely because he's getting on a little bit, and you know he might have to play under a new structure at Parramatta with his halves there. I'd just like to see him dart from time to time and be like, "All right, <clears throat> he may have lost a, a bit of toe due to the ACL injury, but I still want to see him moving around Sorry, <clears throat> sorry, mate, and jumping out of You're dummy falling up. apart
0: like Josh Hodgson. Mate. Yeah, every, old.
1: every Wednesday morning, isn't it? <laughs> We're both at the end of our tether. Probably that pack of darts you smoked in the car. <laughs> um,
0: now, mate, the next game after that, we've got Dragons and St. Helens. Obviously not much <coughs> to touch on with St. Helens. Won't be overly supercoach relevant this season. The Dragons, though, might be less supercoach relevant than St. Helens for us this year, actually. Which is an impressive fucking knock.
1: Yeah, there's not much there. I actually can't wait to watch St. Helens play. The, the Dragons outfit, <laughs> <laughs> less exciting. Although, oh, you know, Moses M by at 17, that'll put bums on seats. Um yeah, I mean, Zach Lomax, Moses Sully, Matt Finai. There's some decent strike power out wide. <clears throat> the, the forward pack, they've named a decent forward pack, but it's not the, not the most scintillating outfit you've ever seen, is nah. it?
0: No, uh, you've obviously got the fullback, Trey Stewart, who's a very talented guy. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all if he's the best on the field here, and that just makes it even harder for Tyrell Sloan to be locked in for round one. That wouldn't shock. That would be the most Dragons thing
1: of all fucking time. Yeah, Tyrell Sloan only a praying Trey Stewart as a shocker.
0: Yep. Um, The other guys that I would just throw to you guys to keep an eye on, you've obviously got Jacob Little. uh, Jaden Hunt, who's in the 13. If he was to somehow find his way into a big minute role at this Dragons, uh, he would be a points per minute monster, Jaden Hunt. He gets through a stack of work, has always played big minutes in Cup. I don't think he's going to be there, but one to keep an eye on. You've also got, off the bench, 17 Josh Corrick who the Dragons hold in very high regard Uh, and you've also got another nine that I've always liked Josh Cook started at South Sydney went to Canterbury Um, he's playing for his career trying to get another contract there they have only got one hooker in this team at the moment Uh, so he's another guy to keep an eye on but I'm sort of super coach wise hoping that he doesn't because that'll Mm. just ruin another potentially 80 minute hooker Um, Moses and halfback (laughs) has me worried as it always does
1: Jesus, mate. I, I'm you know, just I mean, worried that Hook... Imagine if he kills it and then yeah. it's just a hunt and by combo round one. Especially Sullivan's got that little hammy niggle as well. Uh, we know Moan's not available at this stage, so you, just, you can see it happening. Guys. You can just <laughs> see it playing out for
0: sure. Uh, okay, Sunday afternoon, we start at 1.50pm, coming to you from Geelong. Got the Melbourne Storm and the Sydney Roosters. Uh, mate, two pretty star-studded sides. This um, game of the week here, you reckon? For
1: sure Yeah Really exciting Um, Outside of Melbourne's Key spine They've named a really strong team Which is is A very good watch Remus Smith Is a big one Yep First game back From a lengthy injury layoff Again Just want to see him moving well Won't read into it too much But Just He's in my round one team As it stands So Just want to see him moving freely Hopefully he's still got plenty of pace And not too slow Coming back from injury uh, and once again, edge back row at uh, the storm mate. A few blokes there that you know. Joe Chan, one of your lads. Chris Lewis is on the edge. Elias Katoa, big watch.
0: Big big watch those back rowers, guys. Keep an eye number two. Will Warbrick. Uh, mm. He came from Union, played um, Q Cup last year. Very very talented guy. The fullback mate. Fae logo. Mm. I, I don't know why he hasn't got more hype in general. Very, very talented kid. So one to keep an eye on there. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes into first grade at some point this year. And uh, we'll, we will definitely be talking about him when he does. Mm. Um, the Roosters. What a side. <laughs> Fucking handy. Bit of,
1: Bit of everything, isn't yep. it?
0: Yeah. Um, I guess the biggest talking point, mate, Suwilii. Uh, looks like he will jump in at left center. The room have been around for a while. Uh, a big watch there. I think you'll get a lot more attacking opportunities, but the base
1: stats could fall out the arse there, couldn't they? It's really interesting one, Sueli. He's the second most owned CT dub of the guns, which surprised me. I'm with you. I, I don't know does he get more attacking opportunity but we talk about their roosters attacking structures and a lot of it is Teddy sweeping out the back cut ball for his wingers try 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 the centers get cut out you know maybe it's different with Suli because he's such a beast Does Teddy just tip on and say mate you do the rest sweet and he just storms over the top of blokes that's Uh, what I'm leaning towards yeah, Yeah. yeah like I don't have him in my team and I'd be lying if I said I'd really considered him at this point the early draw to the roosters and we'll get to this in the questions because i've had a few a bit of a look at them but the early draw entices me to a lot of roosters players but because they've got that round four by you can't start with too many of them i think a lot of teams will already have james tedesco brandon smith there's a few others in there uh yeah not for me at the moment but we know how good he is so it doesn't mean it can't work yeah i think there's going to be days where if you don't own him it's going to be scary Mm. But I think you'll be okay not owning him. I think it'll be all right. And again, because of what we keep talking about, how many attacking weapons there are in this Roosters' outfit, there'll be games where they'll probably put 60 points on, and the stats will just elude him. You'll get like 20 because q has got him, Walker's got him, Teddy's got him, Manu's got him, tupu who's got him. <laughs> like gee, which
0: is exactly you know what what happened last year. They came against the Tigers. They scored 72 <laughs> points. I think mm. he scored 22. Yeah. So it can happen even if he's at left centre. Uh, but I, got, I,
1: yeah, yeah. I,
0: I just think similar to when Latrell was there. And, and Teddy was just catching and passing. I do think he'll, he'll get a lot of opportunities there. But we'll wait and see how it plays out. Uh, my boy Josh Wong is in the back row, which is great to see. Um, I saw you do your best of an for Supercoach playbook. You had him in Jersey 17. This is sort of where I see him landing. I'm worried that minutes are going to be an issue. If there's an injury in the back row in the early, early in the season, big watch on Wong. But uh, as I've said a few times, I think this kid's got huge potential. And I think that we're going to be sitting here on Monday on Bloke talking about how well he went against the Melbourne Storm.
1: Yeah, well, mate, don't say I never listened to you because when I was putting these teams together, I was trying to work out who the 17th man was, and a lot of Josh Wong was just going off your unrelenting hype around him. So uh, I've seen bits and pieces, a few highlights, and there were just a few other options there that we know Trent is happy to blood his young players quite slowly, particularly forwards, I should say, and he's got the depth in his pack to do that in the star power up front. So... I just think there's a, an opportunity for there to be a, you know, a 20, 25-minute rookie forward like Wong to come in and just get a feel for the top grade without having too big a role. Yep. And when the time comes, he'll be ready to go. So there is you know, two or three players that could take that 17th spot in the squad. But I think based on the hype, it could absolutely be Wong. And it'll be great to get a look at him this weekend.
0: And guys off the bench, worth keeping an eye on, Jersey 21, Tom Deacon, uh, 24, Tyler Moriarty, a handy player, 23, Xavier Va'a, uh, he's got a brother that they've brought down from Queensland, they're very, very high on these two, so one to watch, but my big one on the bench is Jersey 25, uh, Karo Oluva. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but this is the guy I've been talking about for a year or so, he is a Vunavalu clone. So one to keep an eye on there. Um, you know, if the boy, there's a good chance the Roosters could potentially lose both their wingers to Origin during the year. I know they've got a lot of other guys in your Corey Allens and your Paulo's and these sort of guys, but if he gets a go, he's just he's one of those just genetic freaks. Mate, if he?
1: he's good enough, the right wing spot is completely up for grabs. Momorovsky, Allen, uh, Paulo if he's good enough, it's not like he's trying to unseat Daniel Tupor, Joseph Sualiti. Don't rule him out of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, don't rule him
0: out of it. He played right wing the, the few times that I watched him last year as well. Um, very, very talented guy. Mm. Very raw. But I think on that right wing, when you got Manu sort of playing through the middle, you can probably get away with it not a little bit. Bad spot especially with a great defensive centre yeah. like Manu. So don't rule him out. And mate, if he does, he should be owned by 101% of fucking yeah. teams. Um, okay, let's go 355. Uh, we'll go to your boys, mate. The Canberra Raiders taking on the Canterbury Bulldogs. What stood out to you here?
1: Uh, just the, the big talking points at the Raiders are obviously the, the cheap you're watching. Adam Mariotti and Trey Mooney there. Mooney named on the edge, Mariota named at prop. Um, the chat's been. There's not really an edge back row spot with Hudson Young and Elliot Whitehead as it stands, and Corey Harry and who they've shown a preference to play on the edge. So, yeah, it's just how these two boys go in their foot. They played in New South Wales Cup last year and both killed it. Mariota was player of the year for the Raiders in New South Wales Cup. So just see how they go against a bit more NRL talent. And the Doggies have named a stacked squad as well. This trial is actually going to be really good down in Maria. So see how they go. Emre Gula, Corey Hallsbrug, they're the two that I believe are fighting for that 13 spot at the Raiders. So, you know, who stands up to that one? Uh, back line Outside of probably Xavier Savage no, not, None of them Will feature in round one Jared Croker Back from injury Hopefully uh, The old war horse Can Hopefully he hasn't Lost too much As said He's really had a couple Of injury riddled Few years But uh, good to see him Back out there as well
0: The other centre Brad Morcos, I don't think There's uh, I think he's a very Slim chance to get Into this Raiders mm. side Because you're so Stacked in centres But I reckon he's a guy That other clubs uh, Should be having a look at I really like him yeah, um, tough, mate <laughs> yeah, my club will go after him. Um, <laughs> Canterbury Bulldogs, mate. Uh, first thing that stands out to me, a lot of talk over the last few weeks that we'd see Avarillo and Alamotti in the centres. Um, do you think this just about locks it in when you consider that Hayes Perham's away yeah. and Braden Burns is playing fullback?
1: It does, yeah. It really suggests that. That Perrim's obviously going to be at fullback as they've sort of mentioned all pre-season. Alamotti, he's apparently just beasting it in the pre-season. You've said There's a few pitches floating around if you've an absolute beast he is. Jesus Christ. Which like, is scary because
0: like, he really didn't look that different three years ago yeah. when he was playing yeah. Harold Martin, which was fucked. Yeah. But anyway,
1: So I think Alan Moti is pretty close to locked in as a cheapie to start the season there. Uh, and the other one who the, there's been a bit of recent hype around, and that is former rooster Jacob Preston, who starts mm. on the edge. So I cannot wait to see this bloke play this weekend.
0: Yep. Uh, guy, other guys in this side, you've obviously got Jarrell Skelton in Jersey 19. I think it looks like alamotti has got it locked up. Just keep an eye on Skelton when he does come on. I'm sure you won't fucking miss him. Um, Jackson Tupine, Jersey
1: 20. Just can't just can't get in favour, can he? No, and Franklin Pele in Jersey 30. You don't want to read too much into it. It doesn't mean that much. But at the end of the day, the Dogs have named a damn good side and... What will be, you know, there's no Viliami Kikia, but not far off what their starting pack will look like. Uh, And I actually had in my starting 17s, and I'll get your thoughts on this, but I had Preston as the 17th man on the bench and Pelé just missing out. Um, Does this change anything for you early on? Uh, I have heard that Pelé hasn't been overly
0: impressive in this pre-season. Good. Teams are on the money then. Yeah. So I don't think he will be there. Uh, Once again, we don't want to look too far into it. Uh, but yeah, that Jersey 30, I think that might be a little indicator mm. potentially. Yeah. So I don't think we'll see Pelé. Um, I think the day that we do see him, whenever it is, that'll be fucking great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if your man, uh, has got the front running there for sure. So, so do you think that they will have Jacob Preston and Andrew Davy on the bench? Is that where you're sort of leaning towards or just one of them? Both of
1: them, because yeah. I think Raymond Fatala Mariner is going to spend time in the middle, so either of those two can come on and play on the edge. Uh, so then when Fatala Mariner goes into that middle rotation, I also wouldn't be surprised. I don't think it'll happen round one, but it wouldn't surprise me by round five or ten if Fatala Mariner is just starting in the middle, and either of those two, probably Davey, is starting on the edge.
0: So as it stands right now, do you would you also have TPJ on the bench with them and Ryan Sutton at thirteen? I think the
1: team that I dropped, oh, I was tossing the yeah, air between who starts at thirteen between Ryan Sutton and TPJ, but apparently TPJ is having a bit of a boomer of a preseason. So I think I had TPJ at thirteen for now, but it just depends which way they want to utilize TPJ because. For the first 20, there's every chance they want Ryan Sutton just to go in there, tackle his ass off, do the hard yards, and then bring on an explosive TPJ, which is probably the way I'd use him, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, you know, either or, I don't think it matters too much either the way.
0: Uh, some guys in the extended to keep an eye on for Canterbury, Jersey 24, Rajab. He played for Lebanon in the World Cup. Mm. Uh, very impressive. I believe he's missed out on a top 30 spot for Canterbury this year. Or I would say that's because they've gone with Josh Reynolds. Uh, but I think over the next few years, he'll become very, very important. I, th- I think he'll be the next sort of uh, Josh Reynolds for them, and the other one is Jersey 28, Papaliti, Joash Papaliti, uh, playing for the Canterbury Bulldogs in their reserve grades. I think that Kempi actually did a reaction video to mm. him a few weeks ago. He's a really, really talented guy. So, a few guys to watch there, and hopefully, Jersey 30 comes on and blows it away. Franklin Pele. Any relation to Isaiah? uh no i don't believe so but he might be i don't know mm. um did notice jersey 27 lachlan lewis on the bench for the raiders which i thought could it be but no different lachlan lewis it's not uh it really? it's not uh
1: i didn't even see selling
0: that. speakers fame it's of a <laughs> different fella so uh apologies to him who i thought it was on my podcast last night um <laughs> anything else on that game mate uh no nah, mate all good Okay, Sunday, 6 p.m., we've got the Cowboys taking on the Dolphins. Uh, in this game, the Cowboys, uh, not a stacked touch on here, realistically. I want you to keep an eye on the fullback, Tom Chester. I think he's a really good shot to be the 14 for the Cowboys to start the season. Very talented guy.
1: He could be another one during the teams yesterday and working it all out. The Just who gets that 14? I've got Jake Granville there, looks the logical one. But at the same time, if they want to go, if... if Todd Payton liked Hammer at 14 last year. It's the exact same thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I,
0: I yeah, I, I think he will go this kid. It'll be one of those yeah. two, though.
1: I, I, I think he will, I think yeah. Hammer, it had to be Hammer last year because, you know, he was an origin player and it was like, mate, get me in your squad somewhere. You had to yeah. do it. So, you know, Tom Chester's probably not going to be as good as him, at least at this stage. So I think Granville, but... Yes, as I said, Todd Payton went with that option last year. So
0: it'll sound crazy, but if you said to me in three years' time, who's going to be the, the better fullback, Tom Chester or Hammer? I would take that Tom could. Chester right yeah i rate him i think he's very talented uh and just another kid to keep an eye on is the halfback thomas duffy uh he's a townsville kid uh i've watched him a few times i really like the look of him but my big watch here i've mentioned him a few times sadrugu he's been named in the front row not where i expected him to be named he played 13 for fiji he's available at ctw when it comes to super coach uh i think he's at about ten dollars for a try scorer in this game i'm gonna be all <laughs> fucking over him I think he's the guy that could really explode for the Cowboys this year. So, Sadrugu, so keep an eye on him. Also got Steve Price, son, Riley Price. Tough as nails. Don't know if there's a spot for him in the team, but he's in the 13 jersey. Outside of that, uh, nothing huge jumping out of the Cowboys. What about the Finns? at fullback, our boy, Jack Bostock, named mm. on the Sting, uh, we said before show. Looks like an out-and-out centre to us.
1: Mm. Zach Lomax clone on the very small snippets that I've seen from him. So, named on the wing, bat. At the same time, they're obviously looking at Tessie there and, and you and Aiken at the centre, so it makes sense to play them there. Bostock gets his chance amongst the big boys this weekend. And a very strong team, as we expected, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean it, it'll be, you know, not far off their round one lineup. There's obviously some a few different faces in there, a few that are out due to the the all-stars game this weekend, but good to get a proper first look at the Dolphins and supercoach wise. I don't know, there's probably not a lot that excites me because I don't really want to start with any of their players anyway. Maybe we'll get a look at Ray Stone and, and how he goes, but
0: I think he's the only one. Yeah. Just because he's so cheap. But it sounds like Tommy Gilbert's gonna to start in the thirteen. So Ray Stone coming off the bench. I think at worst Marshall King plays sixty minutes. So mm. if they play Ray Stone at Hooker, which I don't think they will, I think he'll come on at thirteen. I just I can't s I, I think Gilbert plays at least fifty minutes. I think Marshall King plays at least 60, so I don't... Yeah, I, I had Ray Stane in my team just because of the price, but I'm not convinced. Yeah. you got Safare on the bench, Jersey 15. We saw him last week. Uh, just having a look at their side. I mean, <coughs> Branko Lee's not even in this team, and you've got Tessie New and you and Akin in front of him. I think it's going to be tough for him to crack into this side round one, but I think eventually he is definitely one to watch. Anything else in this game, mate? No, all good, mate. Probably not super coach-wise, but I'm keen to see how Anthony Milford goes. Thunder Wayne.
1: Him and I Katoa. Yeah. I know we saw a bit of a taste of Katoa for the Dolphins last weekend, but every time I watch him, I get excited, and, and you don't know what's going to come out because he's so so youthful, so early in his career. But see how him and Milf go, because, again, we it'll be Milf and O'Sullivan starting round one, but you know, if Katoa's knocking the door down in New Swell, uh, Queensland Cup, then you know, it'll yeah. be nothing. It could change very quickly.
0: Uh, the game after that, uh, we've got <laughs> Big Brother versus Little Brother. I'll let you decide who is who. Brisbane Broncos and the Gold Coast Titans. <laughs> Brisbane mate, uh, our boy Katoni Starks keeps us awake at night. I might just hand this to you,
1: uh, Katoni. Um, I've like put a line through him in early early preseason teams draft teams I'd put together. There was no Katoni. Couldn't even consider him. Then you see that he played all the back end of last season injured. Says he's fit and raring to go, ready to step it up this year, as they always say in interviews. And you think, no, 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 the stats don't up. And then you go back. Like he's priced on a 50-point average. The average, I think, was at 62 or 64 or something the year before. It's so like, oh. Everyone goes on about the Cowboys draw. The Broncos draw to start the season is ridiculous. It's handy. They They've got something like seven of their first ten games at home. And then I think the other two games they don't leave Queensland for. Oh, sorry, they, yeah, they have a game in Darwin, in NT. Well, that round one there, Penrith at Penrith. Penrith at Penrith. And then from there, it's like it's almost nine straight in Queensland slash NT. Then they play the Eels away in NT. They play the Titans on the Gold Coast. And some pretty soft games in there. So out, if you can look past that Penrith round one, it's a great draw. So, like Tony, we just get a look at him. We've spoken about him uh, and in depth this preseason already. And we just want to see output from him, don't we? We want, we want to see him hungry and looking for ball and not waiting for it to come to him. So that's my watch on him this, uh, this trial. I just hope round one doesn't
0: break the hearts
1: because that could get ugly, I reckon. Agreed. That's, yeah. the, that's my only worry. You can just see people starting with him. Penrith pumping the Broncos, 40-0. Starks getting 17 points, fire sale. Then they come at round two and three, kill it. Starks double times and people just going... Why did we put ourselves in this roller coaster?
0: I'll give you one guess a player from Brisbane who's already got a tight hamstring report said this week to who you reckon it is?
1: <laughs> Tony Stags. No, it's Adam Reynolds. Oh,
0: <laughs> <Again>. So, <laughs> South fans would know all
1: about that, unfortunately. Uh, mate, you've also got Tommy Flugler. There's a little watch here. I do. Tommy, look, I probably won't start with him. It's more of a watch than anything, but. I know how good he is. So you just want to see probably minutes round one, but I just want to see him offloading. With my front row forwards this season, I want to see offloads. And Christian Welch was the other one I forgot to touch on in the Melbourne Roosters game, but yep. he's one that I'm really eyeing off for round one. I want to see them both offloading because that's where so much of the upside comes from in front row forwards. If they have a shit game and they only base thirty five forty but they've got four offloads to of their name all of a sudden that's mid to late 50s yep. and you've got yourself some value there so but if they do put the arm away uh, then it's like well is there enough upside in them at the price probably not so yeah, uh, big watch on, on Flegler.
0: When it comes to Brisbane, uh, last year the big question mark was who was going to play 5'8". This year it's who's going to play hooker. Uh, three hookers named in this squad. Pakes Walters, Smoothie. Smoothie, I thought he was probably best on ground, if not second best mm-hmm. on ground last week. So he's shown us what he can do. Um, Walters, interesting. They've obviously named a Hearn, the bloke we spoke about last week at seven. So uh, Walters obviously locked into that hooking role. Whether he's in the team or not remains to be seen. Pakes starting, Walters on the bench, Smoothie on the extended. Just to watch on all three, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and uh, Billy Walters is obviously the front runner to start at nine for the Broncos this season. Albeit, it's pretty wide open at this stage. For the rest of the options there, you could make a case for any of them if they get the starting role. Again, that being said, there are a lot of good options at Hooker this season. Particularly, there's a few you know, cheapy to mid-range options. So because it'll almost certainly be a shared role, it's hard to get too excited about any of them.
0: Yeah, still no sign of Moser. I think that uh, when mm. he does eventually get his opportunity, he's obviously going to be basement price for Supercoach, so he'll be interesting, but not there at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, none of those guys overly relevant. Titans. Uh, Boyd and Sexton in the halves. Uh, we'll be waiting to see who's paired up next to Hafita. Uh, all
1: rumours were it was Tanner Boyd in the preseason. It yeah. has to be Boyd. <laughs> Fuck, I hope so. I mean, look... It's going to be both firmor and Kieran Foran on the left edge by the sound of it. So they're going to, I shouldn't get a new combination going, rekindle that uh, combination of Boyd and Fafida. They have to run out together.
0: For a lot of people, it'll be their first look at Carl Piero, the flyer for the Gold Coast mm. Titans. Uh, I'm very, very excited about him. I think he will be in the round one side. Uh, I think he'll be one of the most owned players in Supercoach. And I think he'll do well if he can just get a half opportunity in the first three weeks, he will score. Mm. He'll make us some good coin, I think.
1: Yeah, and the beauty of it as well in terms of early job security is that Brian Kelly's suspended till I think round four or something. And then Paddy Herbert's got an injury as well. I think he's due back around three or four uh, as it stands. So should get a decent crack at that spot and absolutely get the opportunity to lock down the spot if he's good enough, which on all reports, he is. So you've got Payne Haas'
0: little brother. He's named on the edge as well. So I'm to keep an eye on there. And then you've got Tino's brother who's coming off the bench as a front row forward. So I'd, I, I'm hoping one of them gets a spot in this team. Maybe a Jersey 17 come round one. If so, they'll both be decent options. Yeah. In a pretty desperate front row forward stakes. It is. Yeah. So keep an eye on those guys. But yeah, guys, those are the trials for this week. On top of that, you've obviously got the All-Stars game. We won't preview that because there's not much Super Coach relevant stuff there. But... Your Jermaine Hopgood's, your Sloan's. There's a heap of guys to be watching in that game. Jermaine um, Hopgood, 50 tackles, overs, unders. What do you got? <laughs> 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 fucking please, <laughs> make 50 before he runs out. Um, yeah, Hopgood's probably our biggest watch as far as that. I'm keen to see how. Just um,
1: chops ball boys in the tunnel. Just yeah, get his early him. numbers up.
0: I'm uh, I'm keen just to watch Latrell Mitchell as well. We obviously know what he can do, Mm. but uh, I don't have him in my team at the moment. We have got some questions about him later, I'm pretty sure. But, mate, if he comes out and absolutely owns this game and blows it away, some demons from last year will be coming back.
1: When he does. Like, you know how fired up he's going to be for this clash? He gets fired up for the Indigenous game every year. Coming off the the back of a bit of off-field drama. He's going to come out and just massacre blokes and storm them. So you just know you're going to be watching the game and not sleep until round one because Luttrell's not in your current side. So just don't expect anything different. If you had to wrestle one of them out of Jack and Latrell, which one would you rather wrestle? Latrell for sure. Yeah, 100%. Mate, pretty much any NRL player in the competition, probably the last one I'd fight and wrestle would be Jack White. He'd be right up there, yeah. wouldn't he, Jack? Yeah.
0: Scary stuff, scary stuff. Uh, Okay, we are going to get into some of your questions now, guys. We've got about 12 questions. Our first one, very first question, comes from Sam Hawkins. I'm going to throw this one to you, Timmy, right up your alley. Top three tips for beginners. What would would be your advice to someone coming new into the game? You obviously joined the game last year. I sat here with you and really helped you through (laughs) the affair. So anything
1: you've got to help them with, maybe something
0: I passed on to you, whatever it might be. Shoot! Help Sam and his mates out. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> rattled. Um, I thought that was going to
0: be a nice bit of content. Didn't yeah.
1: You? <laughs> I was about to no, just let him have it. He can have this win. Um, a million different ways I could go with tips for beginners early in the season. Um, the three that I've sort of come up come up with is. I think the trap that beginners fall into in their first couple of years of Supercoach, and to be honest, experienced Supercoaches do the same thing because they get excited, is Supercoach, your, your first 17 players score for you. Now, that seems like the be all and end all because they're the points, they're the ones that go towards your overall total, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a 25 person game. There's eight there that will be in your reserves and won't score points for you each week, but they're every bit as important as your starting players. So. A beginner supercoach might jump on there and spend a stupid amount of their salary cap on their starting 17. And then the last eight players, they go, oh, they're not playing for me, so I don't need them anyway. You absolutely need them. Now, one thing I talk about very often is about long-term strategy, playing the long game in supercoach. And what I mean by that is building your squad value across the entirety of the season, and it all starts in round one. So if there's a player... Don't start with a player outside your 17 who isn't playing for the NRL club in round one, who's bottom dollar, just to free up more cash elsewhere. Even if it's a player who is starting but has poor job security, is a forward playing 20 minutes off the bench, and you think, oh, they might be able to make me a little bit of coin, don't do it. Spend up a little bit more cash. And by that I mean drop the 200k bloke, find the extra 50 to 100k for a player with good job security in a good team who looks set to make, you know, $100,000, $200,000. It might hurt you early on because your team will score less points, but your squad value will grow across the season. So then when you get down the track and your squad's worth $15 million, and someone who started with these non-active players on their bench, their squad will be worth $13 million. And you can do whatever you want and have the freedom to move about. So that's the first one for me, mate. Guys and girls, are you ready to tie the knot? But you've also worked out you're already tied up by your finances? Say I do to Pat and George helping you fund your dream wedding. Don't be that bloke that makes your missus compromise on her dress. Or more importantly, your uncle compromise on how many scooters he can polish off that night. The boys can make sure you get the cash quickly to make your special day unforgettable. Even better, if a big ceremony isn't your goal, then the boys can also help make your honeymoon a trip to remember. If there's ever a good reason for a loan, it's love. It's gotta be. So shoot them a message on their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on the website for the email, phone contact, or QR code if that's easier. Best of all, it'll save you 129 bucks on the consultation because you're a listener of the SC Playbook podcast. The second one is that gun NRL players don't always equate to gun supercoach players. Now, the classic ones over the years are Cooper Cronk, Darren Lockyer, who were just awful, awful supercoach players. The ones in the modern day game, uh, Kieran Foran, Jack White, and the one people fall into every season because he's such a great footballer, Dalhia M winner, Clive Churchill Medal winner, but just doesn't always equate to supercoach scoring, does it? So that's that. Don't just pick a bloke because he's good in the NRL. Go back and. You know, there are so many great Supercoach podcasters and people who write articles and all sorts of things out there who do a lot of the digging for you. But do your own digging. Go onto the Supercoach site. Look at the stats from past seasons. You can go onto scplaybook.com.au. We've got a data centre on our website. You can go back and look at their, their past averages and you'll see straight away who's good and who's bad. Yep. So, yeah. Cooper Cronk was always my favourite
0: on our Supercoach draft day. Everyone knew mm. he was shit Supercoach-wise, but then... You know, every year or two, we'd add someone new to the draft comp and you see them in round 10 go, oh, draft Cooper
1: Cronk and look up and go and everyone go, (laughs) no, that wasn't it. Sorry, mate. Um, And the final one, and this is – it's not technical, but it is vitally important. It's when we do get to round one, it's about the makeup of your starting 13 and your four bench players. So we'll speak more of this leading into round one, but – Your four bench players, you get their full points, whatever they score in the round, the same amount as your starting 13. So if you've got, let's say, Harry Green at Hooker, along with Tanner Boyd, if you don't, everyone sort of thinks straight, all right, put Harry Green in the starting team because he's a superstar, and Tanner Boyd, he's my reserve player. It doesn't mean anything. What is important is that when you've got a bench player, in that position, pick whoever is playing earlier in the round in your starting team. So for example, if the Titans are playing earlier than the Storm in round one, I'm not sure if they are, and you have that combination, put Tanner Boyd in your starting team and Harry Grant on your bench. Because if you start Harry Grant and Tanner Boyd's on your bench, Tanner Boyd plays, locks into that bench spot, Harry Grant is stuck in your starting team. And you can't do anything about it. He will be scoring zero for you and you're stuffed. So always do that accordingly. And it's, to state the obvious, it's the same with your captaincy and vice-captains. Your vice-captain always has to play in the game before the captain. Because once your captain's locked in, your vice-captain becomes irrelevant. Now, this isn't a beginner's tip, but we'll talk later on in the PS season about auto emergencies and loopholes and these sorts of things but just on face value vice captain always playing before the captain
0: and i also think that what what you said about you know picking guys when they play on the weekend mm. sounds like such a basic thing and it probably won't cost you but if it costs you twice in a season it could like to to cop an AE on the bench that could cost mm. you 120 points yeah and like for example if that would have happened to me twice last year you would have beaten me mm. which you know would have just sent the world into fucking chaos you know? <laughs> You're on one today, aren't huh? you? But that's how close it can be. Like if we were in the same comp and that happened,
1: can you fuck that up twice yeah.
0: for something very minor? It can cost you big and, time.
1: And you know what, mate? It is so simple to avoid. It just takes one quick look at who plays when of a Thursday afternoon before yep. the round starts, but it catches out the best of us. 100. I've been caught out before, I'll be caught out again. Hopefully not this year, but it'll happen. So just a quick look Thursday afternoon. Who are my four bench players? If they're playing early in the round, start them. And whoever you've got starting, put them on the bench. If they're laid out, anything happens, you can change them to a new reserve in your team. Yeah, sounds like something you get caught out by. Question number (laughs) two,
0: we've got digging it with Doherty. Eight, who is the biggest gun that can bite you in the ass if you start without them? So I guess who's the player you're most worried about starting without? A lot of anti-pod chat. Mm. Who's the one guy that you just think, don't outthink the room?
1: I just think James Tedesco, because of those first two games against the Dolphins, at suncorp stadium as well which is so conducive to supercoach scoring he could have a field day out there into round two against the warriors in sydney those two games couldn't bode any better for him in my opinion and because he'll be at such high ownership if he does go nuts he could burn you really badly so that's he's a pretty clear-cut one for me as well i was thinking maybe nathan cleary but they've got a tougher draw points can be scattered there so James Tedesco would you agree mate or is there someone else that you'd have in that, that outside community?
0: of Isaac Tungo I'd agree with you yeah 100% <laughs> no I, I think Teddy is the guy though mate I yeah. think that uh, I can understand a lot of people going with like a Latrell Mitchell round one but I don't think you can get rid of Teddy for Latrell yeah I think you just have to have, Teddy. have fun with that yeah Okay, question number three from Duncan Mack, who has been following the show for quite some time. So shout out to you, brother. Uh, uh, Pod CTW is the go considering the CTW cheapy situation. Didn't we cause a stir last week? Oh,
1: people just messaging, thanks, mate. I've completely torn my CT dubs apart and my entire team because we basically, we put red flags on just about every single cheapy at CTW, didn't we?
0: And I had a lot of people mention me and say, oh, you've just been negative for the sake of being negative. I'm going... Uh, Like we weren't harsh It's a harsh reality Mm. Like all those guys had None of them are home runs Like we're pretending they are They all have their own problems And I think we're going to see A few of those unfold Over the
1: next few weeks I like to think I'm a Pretty glass half full person At best times made And and I don't go out of my way To put a negative slant on things but when it comes to Supercoach and data and buyers, I'll call a spade a spade and, and there was genuine red flags around all, all those Everywhere. players we spoke
0: about. 100%. So uh, yeah, there is a, a a bit of an issue with the CTW cheapies. <clears throat>
1: what are your thoughts on pod CTWs, mate? Soon as I saw this question pop up, I thought I'm pretty sure that nearly every, at least mid range to gun CT Dub is pretty close to pod range. And I, I went through the ownership stats at this stage and there was about five or six guys who were the most owned CT dubs in the game and they were all in cheapy range. The highest owned gun CT dub was Val Holmes at 22%. Mm. Next was Joseph Soiletti at 19%. A pod I would categorize as probably at sub 20% ownership. Um you know if if you're If you're among sort of the the better players in Supercoach, these numbers generally grow a little bit, so it might be closer to sub-10%, but roughly around sub-20% ownership, one in five people own that player. So that is a point of difference player for me. So to be honest, outside of the cheapies, just about any CTW pick, from mid-range to expensive uh, to guns, let's say over maybe 400K, they're a pod. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, they're the go, but they all are. They all are, yep. Fair shout. Uh, question number
0: four. Uh, this one comes from Wayne Perini. Uh, is having a loop option a must or think with buy each week? There will be options. Uh, obviously, Wayne has mentioned here the buy, but I feel like a lot of people out there are forgetting that we are going to have a buy every week. A, a There's going to be
1: players sitting there. Every single week. On top of blokes who got HAA the week before and can't play, injured, suspended, COVID, all sorts of things. Do not start the season with a non-playing reserve, yep. a non-active player in the NRL, because you're going to have a loop option just about every week, which is wonderful news. I think last year you could get away with it. This year, I think you're
0: mm. crazy to do it. Yep. You're crazy. And, mate, just for those that are new to the game or maybe wondering with buys... Keep in mind that your by-players, they will lock at the end of the round, won't they? Yeah. They so you can, so if you point, need right. to loop or anything, you can bring these guys in whenever you would like if you've got a, a, a good VC or whatever. Uh, but yeah, they lock at the end of the round. Um, number five, question number five comes from Johnny Bright. Key areas to plan and research to be relevant at the pointy end. And I will... Uh, bully you and give you shit until each and every cow comes home. But the pointy end is uh, where you do your best work and being relevant uh, for the pointy end. So, mate, I'll, I'll hand the floor to you and I might take some notes myself here.
1: Thanks, mate. Very, very nice right. of you. Uh, look- Your mum, mate, rang me earlier and begged me. <laughs> say something nice about you, so. Just give him one good day. And then you started with the first half an hour just launching <laughs> into me. That's right. Thanks for trying, mum. That's all right. Um, So it's sort of – again, it's quite a broad question. It's a very broad question, but it comes back to the point I had for beginners early on, and it's about building squad value, about playing that long game. I mentioned on a podcast a few weeks ago, because I start with value propositions, blokes that I think – I look at their starting price, I look at what that average is on, and I go, they're going to improve on this average, and I'm going to build squad value. As a result of that, I start slow in Supercoach. But that comes – comes through in the back end of the season when my squad value is a lot higher than everyone else. So when people start with that non-playing reserve and they don't generate any cash for them and they're trash cheapy, uh, I've got a bloke that I coughed up another 50 to 100k for, but they make me two to 250k and they're a viable player in my 17 each week. So I just think the big thing is to, to play the long game. It might even be a case of short game might be going, all right, this player has a great round one matchup. Then round two, three, four, five, six has terrible matchups. And you get excited by that round one, like, oh, you could kill it. Yeah, but what happens the weeks after that when they have the tough draw? Just think long game. It might be taking into uh the buy period considerations, all these sorts of things, but squad value is everything to me and it's it's generating that early cash. Yeah for sure.
0: Number six, question number six comes from Luca Crisanto. He says, is it better to have three gun 2RFs or to have three gun CTWs? Where
1: do you sit? Yeah, short answer, 2RF for sure. Just because they're the players with the high upside, the ones who can bang out 130 to 150 on their day. I don't think there's a front row forward player who can do that. I chase ceilings, these high upside guys. You know, Joe Tappany maybe at a stretch can go 100 plus with a, a try or an assist or whatever. But long answer is that the cheapy scene will dictate this. Yeah. So if we get to round one and there are five gun cheapies and they're all available in the second row forward, well, you essentially have to pick them there and avoid a player like Sean Lane or Dave Fafita for these guys, which will then give you more cash to splash elsewhere, which means you might go Ruben Cotter, Joe Tappany in the front row forward. But if it's a level playing field and we don't know what the TV scene looks exactly like for round one just yet, 2RF is much better for your guns.
0: Yeah. So the question <coughs> was 2-gun two 2RFs two two or 3-gun CTWs? Yeah, no, I was just testing you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Good to know about the front row forward. So tell me about the 3-gun uh, CTWs now.
1: Oh. Uh, I mean, it's the exact Are you
0: talking about Pat Carrigan then or? Oh. Uh, what are we, week four or something? I think you've got to wear that one. Proceed yeah, three, no, CT, yeah, three yeah. CTW, three gun CTWs,
1: or three gun two RFs. I mean, it's still the same answer in regards mm. to where the cheapies fall. Yeah. Uh, if the cheapies are at centre, which it's, I don't know, it's kind of looking like at the moment, you can spend up in the back row and vice versa. S- same. It's a similar answer though, in that you CTWs are the one with the high upside and those ceilings to go one fifty plus. So the blokes that spring to mind straight away that are lingering around my side of Val Holmes and Brian Totto. Yep. I'm going, there aren't many back rollers who will probably hurt you too much at that top end 7-800K. They might bang out their weekly 70-80s and be rock solid, but they're probably not going to get the one, those 140-150s. Whereas Val and Totto can do it on any given day. Yep. So I would lean towards CT Dub, But again, it's very, it's all depending on the cheese. Yeah,
0: it's a better question for two weeks time. <laughs> But at the moment yeah, i'm leaning exactly. towards three gun ctws much better for two weeks time yeah all right question number seven comes from joel fraser says main difference between overall and head-to-head strategies very very interesting obviously a big question for a lot of people out there especially for new people to the game that'll hear this thrown around a lot that won't understand it explain mm. to us
1: yeah it, it is a really good question and the main difference is that origin period mid-year where there's the three major buy rounds where only half the teams in the competition will play which means we don't have 17 supercoach players active in our squad overall players from round one are planning for that period to get max players on deck to make sure they're accumulating points through that period head-to-head players in those three major bye weeks basically put a line through it and go Mm. sweet if i have three active players that's fine i'll cop my head-to-head loss but I won't tear my team apart for the rest of the season just to get a few extra numbers on deck for that. Because if you're a head-to-head player and you're going, my goal this season is to beat my mates in my league, if you tear your team apart around those three major bye weeks, you'll get you'll be leading into the head-to-head finals period going, shit, my mate who I'm looking like playing in round one of head-to-head Super League finals has Cleary, Munster and Grant. I sold, sold all of those guys because they were playing Origin and I don't have the funds to get them back in. So, head to head, you want to be saving. It's a fine line because you need to make your head to head finals. So, you still need to do well, but you need to be saving trades for at very least week one of head to head finals, ideally week two, week three, week four. So, you just don't burn through trades as much. Overall, players will burn through trades to get players on deck in those three major buy rounds um so again there are a lot of different th- differences between overall and head to head that is the big one be willing if you're a head-to-head player and especially a lot of i suppose first-time rookie super coach players are head-to-head players only and they look at their ladder and that's fine just be willing to sacrifice those three major buy-ins if you happen to jag a win on one of those weeks happy days if it's three losses that's fine. It'll stand you better in the long-term.
0: Shout out to my mates who uh, start the season as overall and always finish as head to head players. (laughs) Some of the greats. Um, Let's have a look at question number eight comes from Cody Sosso. How many, how much money to keep in the bank? Feels like we kind of need to spend it all this year. Now, normally I
1: like to leave about 200k over Mm. just in case. Where do you sit, mate? Yeah, well, this question crops up a lot and once again, there's no right or wrong answer. It's, I like to try and have 50 to 100K, just to give myself some flexibility for round two. Rounds two and three, another one for beginners, a very important one actually, so I'm glad the question's cropped up. Players don't change value until they've played three games. So if James Sedesco comes out, and goes nuts in round one and breaks the Supercoach record, his price won't change. It won't change for three weeks. So that means that round two and three are so important, particularly for our cheapies, because we get a free look at players before their price changes. So, you know, a cheapie comes out and kills him. You don't own him. It's actually one of my um, peeves with the game, and there are very few of them. I think the way they've structured the game with point scoring and all different sorts of things is really good. I wish players did change value after one game, because it just sort of rewards getting these early punts right and knowledge early on, but it is what it is. So we we play accordingly. Um, Yeah, round two and round three, vital weeks for trading. So I like to have a little bit of cash up my sleeve for that. Um, And if you've got zero in your account because you've snuck in every good play you can get, you can just find yourself really frustrated at not being able to make a move in the space of one trade, round two and three. Once again, though, if you get the exact team you want, and you've got 100 in the cap and you said, nah, I'm super happy with this, so be it. There's no right or wrong answer.
0: And I think just on top of that, mate, you obviously mentioned um, you know, that you, you get to watch guys for two weeks. If, if a guy that you don't have comes out in round one a cheapy and absolutely fucking brains it, scores 150, just be aware. Maybe wait that extra week until Mm. you bring them in. You see a lot of people that go early on players, they bring them in. And then all of a sudden they're not playing the week after you're in trouble. I look at a guy like Tyrell Sloan. I think a lot of people won't start with him. If he comes out in round two, after having the buy round one and scores 150, do not bring him in that week. Exactly. Wait your two weeks, see what happens. I look at Tyrell Sloan last year, as a classic example, came out round one, scored 78 points. If you didn't have him and you went and brought him after that, he went 26, 26
1: (coughs) dropped getting more technical price changes are based on your three round average how many points um in the say yeah how many players played three games they average 50 over this time they're uh, priced on a 70 point average they're going to drop coin so again this gets a little bit technical but for anyone out there who's not too sure of it round one teddy goes nuts Round two, he scores 20. And round three, he scores 20. He'll drop a little bit because he's had two bad scores to go with his good one. But going into round four, his 150 being the first score of those three drops out of his three-round rolling average, which means his break-even, that magic number that you'll hear about all this year, goes sky high because that's the number he needs to hit to make money so if his last two scores in his rolling average are 20 and 20 and he's priced at 800k it means that his next score to hit that break even number is going to be like 180. so that the first score of the season to um, knuckle down on your point guru it's a big watch on round two yes if they go if they score 100 then they come out and go 80 it's like sweet money incoming if they go 100 and then they go 20, it's like, ooh, we might only get one decent price rise out of this bloke. Yeah, so, and, and
0: uh, you know, for new people to the game, you'll get used to that as you go. But, like, fuck, it's frustrating when you know, you know what your trade's going to be next week. Mm. That bloke comes out and puts on 140. Yeah. And you go, okay, that's in the rolling average now for another two weeks. So yeah. very, very delicate balance. But it does happen so often that people go a week early on someone, they get injured, they get suspended. They get dropped. Sometimes it can work in your favour. I think I went a week early on Taylor May last year mm. and it turned out fantastic. He scored 100 that weekend. It was great. But you do need to be aware of it because it like you, you can essentially waste two trades yeah. for no reason. And this
1: is how, like, how vital that is. Let's use Tyrell Sloan as an example. Uh, I know the Dragons have the buy in round one. If in his first game he scores 140 and then he scores 20 in round two, I am like borderline get him in because I'm like, he gets one decent rise from a bloke who I think could average 20s. Um, If he scores 20 in round one or round two, his first game, and then in his second game, he gets his 140, that 140 is in his rolling average for two weeks, which means he gets two rounds of those big price rises. So I'm probably buying him. That's how big a difference it is. It all matters, doesn't
0: it? It all matters. So yeah, uh, plenty to consider there. And we will talk about this stuff more as the season goes. I'm sure we will have many example that will pop up yeah. of that. So great question, though. Uh, question number nine, Jason Gilmore, one for Timmy. If you could choose one to start with, who would it be, Grant or Nico Hines? And I think a lot of them, a lot of people are finding themselves in this position. Obviously, Harry, Harry Grant, he's the standout yeah. nine, but a lot of people are looking at your Robsons, Braileys, your Tanner Boyds, Brandon Smiths, all these guys. Nico Hines, the most expensive player that we're sort of considering buying as it stands right now a lot of people looking to maybe antipod him a little
1: bit if you had to start with one of them who would it be i'm pretty torn on this to be honest um initially i was going to say i'd be starting with hines just because he's got that higher upside <clears throat> but then as it also stands i'm looking at potentially anti nico hines uh, and starting with harry grant so i kind of you know go against what i've said there contradicts it a little bit the thought process behind it is that Harry, Grant, if you start with Adam, there's some quite good hooking options, I think. And what makes it even trickier is that for anyone not starting with Grant, there's every chance they might go with Tanaboyd. And he's also dual halfback yep. hooker. So there's a, a few layers to this question. Um, but I just think there are probably, if I don't start with Harry Grant, which I am, there are more hooking options that I'm like, oh, I think... There's reasoning to start without Grant and that I, I like Brandon Smith. I like Tanner Boyd. There are potentially some cheapy ones like Sonny Luke crop, cropping up. So it's like, all right, I can make a case that starting without Nico Hines, I don't love a lot of the halfback options. I, I don't mind Sammy Walker at, I think, a value value price, but I'm also... I've got a few roosters in my team and I can't afford too many for that round four buy. Yep. Um, like, maybe... Jerome Hughes but I don't love many of them at all so you know mate, if it's Tanner Boyd sweet happy days um, look so to answer your question if you to answer your question I would prefer to start with Harry Grant
0: and you did mention there obviously anti-potting Nico Hines uh, I believe you're doing a deep dive on that on the playbook tomorrow afternoon
1: yeah mate we've got uh, it'll be myself the spy Matty the water boy will be chiming in as well <laughs> what a treat yeah. <laughs> 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 We're previewing the bunnies So I'm like, He'll be very vocal In that yeah, part of the show no I'm doubt. sure Matty uh, Just lots of questions around Anti-potting Nico And hey, We'll get into it later But the spy Is considering starting Without Nathan Cleary Which I nearly had a heart attack on So Just with such a big topic For people early on the season In terms of Team structure and makeup, uh, We're, we're going to take a deep dive Into that question
0: Mate the spy must be getting Stopped in the street All the time <coughs> now
1: He's brushed my calls the last two weeks. <laughs> Since that first show where we revealed his head, he's, he's been partying and carrying on. He just doesn't have time for the rest of us anymore. Now that he's a big deal. Big timer. Love uh,
0: it. All right. <laughs> um, now, a few sort of player-specific questions here. Question number 10 comes from Conan Franks. He says, TPJ is a buy. Looks committed this year. Conan, I sh- I'm sure you're a nice guy. But you're not for me, nor is TPJ. I don't care what I hear coming out of Canterbury. There is not a world where I could go near Tavita. I just don't trust him. We're hearing RFM could play a bit of middle this year. Uh, They've got Luke Thompson, who I thought was unlucky not to be a captain. They've got Max King, who is a captain. They've got Sutton arriving. I'll be so impressed, Timmy, if in the next few minutes you can convince me to be looking at TPJ, but over to you.
1: Guru, I could admit you of just about anything if I uh, if I wanted to get the deep dive into it. I would agree on most things, <laughs> except uh, this. Yeah. Um, put simply, we all know the upside of Tavita Pangai, but he's also, what, 27 years old, 28 or something, and every year he finds a way to let you down in Supercoach. We know at some point this year he's going to have a three-round average of 90 and people are going to scramble for him, because that's what TPJ does, but injury risk suspension risk depth in the forward pack at the doggies so many big wraps coming out for so many different players in the preseason. there minutes are going to be an issue the biggest thing for me that i said i can't even consider him is that he's only available at uh, second row forward and there are just so many better buyers there if it was front row forward and and obviously i consistently going about front row forwards and high ceilings there aren't many of them well tbj has the high ceiling we know that but when he's only available at 2RF, it's like there are so many better buyers. If you want to live on the edge and start a TPJ potentially at value, go for it. But I can't make a case for him either. No.
0: A hard pass from me. Uh, next one comes from Cooper Island, Teddy All Luttrell. We sort of spoke, touched on this a little bit earlier. I'm Team Teddy. Uh, I was Team Teddy last year and it sort of hurt me towards not so much Teddy or Luttrell, but not having Latrell mm. really hurt us. Last year, I, I hate to think if we would have just swallowed our pride and gone Luttrell where we both would have ended up, fuck
1: it hurt us in the back end last year. Mate, you say you hate to think it, yet you bring it up every single week on this podcast. So you're clearly not trying too hard to put it in the past, are you? Because i sure as hell have. I
0: think uh, I think it might annoy someone more than me. But anyway, uh, uh, Teddy or Luttrell,
1: potential for both here? Uh, I. <sighs> Latrell, I know we've been scarred by him, but and I mentioned a few weeks ago, Luttrell last year when he killed us and we missed out on him, he was at a real value price around 600k when he had that difficult run. The Bunnies mm. have a really tough run to start this season and Luttrell's top dollar. So, yeah, he could kill it and, and hurt us a little bit, but at least he's hurting us at, what is he, 8 850k, whatever it might be. So I'm, I'm very... Strong in the Teddy camp good soft when I say soft draw for the roosters their first two rounds are good Then it gets a little bit tougher plus the round four by uh, but i'm team teddy every day
0: uh, our next one comes and our last question question 12 comes from jacob ecam uh, if penrith are right dominant in the world club challenge is martin <coughs> an option? Uh, we had this argument last year. I know that you're <coughs> a big liam martin fan as am I as a footballer super coach wise I'm never quite convinced. I think he's going to need tries to be relevant, uh, which if they are right dominant, I think he'll get more of. But I still am not looking at Martin. Love him as a footballer. I'm not huge on him as a super coach player. I think he's a mediocre super coach player. Where do you sit?
1: Yeah, I was really high on him this time last season based on he averaged 58 minutes per game in 2021. uh, And it looked as though he was going to be an 80-minute player last season and i thought beauty gun side playing this 20 minutes a game looks a goer he'll have to score more tries he came out round one scored 80 points in 80 minutes with a try and i just thought i'm god's gift how good am i remember i yeah, do i recall
0: yeah. yeah i didn't hear from you after that hence why you put
1: this question in because if i didn't bring it up <laughs> you were going to round two 80 minutes 35 points 35 in base and i just went Ooh, okay, this is looking nasty. But even then, I was like, all right, he played 80 minutes. So a tackle come, a tackle come. He scored tries in the next three games in 60, sorry, 60, 67, 68 minutes for points of 41, 61, and 93. Uh, He's just, he, he doesn't, he's such a toiler, Liam Martin running that hard line. He doesn't exactly bust tackles. He doesn't offload these cheap, easy Supercoach points that someone like Dave Vafida will get or Cam Murray all the time. He doesn't look to offload. It's not in his game, and that's fine. That's the role he plays with Penrith. So, yeah, Penrith may be more right-side dominant this year, and it'll certainly open up more scoring opportunity for Liam Martin, but he's just not a go.
0: If Penrith are more right-side dominant... (laughs) Uh, Brian Tottenham is your guy, not Leah Martin, exactly. in my
1: opinion. Yeah. so Brings Critter into it a little bit more as well. I'm Not yeah. whether I'll be starting with him, but it does make him more relevant.
0: I think Leah Martin is at the mm. very high end of the gun NRL player, not a great Supercoach player. Yeah, yeah. Realistically, for the, the way that he plays, he's an Australian back rower For the team he's in next to Cleary, he should be better at Supercoach than what he is, but uh, all the evidence points to that he's not. I think he'll be a guy that's a bit of a trap in uh, draft comps too. Yeah,
1: despite the... You know fell flat a little bit on him last year he did make over 100k so it wasn't all doom and gloom sure um <laughs> <laughs> whatever helps you sleep at night mate whatever helps you
0: sleep at that night that does that helps you sleep I, know at does. Night. I know it does i know it does i know tony stark's
1: round one that doesn't Jeez,
0: he scored uh, four tries in the first five weeks last year later martin yeah pretty handy not, well, went, thank, above, went above 53 times thank Christ thank God four, four <laughs> tries <in those> five <laughs> all right guys uh, that will do us you, you're done enough
1: and I was done with you 45 minutes I know ago. you were
0: I know you were guys Blue Wealth Property as we said we've got Tony coming on the show on the 22nd of February about 10 days before the season kicks off he's got a huge announcement uh, like I said before we really haven't seen something like this in Supercoach before. So, as far as prizes go, unless you're winning the big thing and coming first out of 160K you're going to want to be in beers and break uh, So big announcement coming. We're going to have weekly prizes, which we'll be announcing over the next two weeks or so. And the code for the beers and break group, it will be dropping next week. So you'll have to be here next Wednesday, 3 p.m. Uh, to get that code uh, to enter the beers and break comp to go into winning weekly prizes and the major overall prize, which is going to be fucking huge. Make sure you go out and grab yourself a case of bloke in a bar this week. Support Kempe. Uh, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Kempe. So make sure you go out. And support him. And if you're in Cairns, Rockhampton, Armidale, Wagga, we'll see you in about a month's time. Make sure you come down, find us for a couple of blokes, have a few beers, um, talk a bit of Supercoach too. That'll be that'll be peak Supercoach time. Just quietly, it's gonna be
1: so good, mate. I, I can't wait for it. those first three rounds out in the regional areas, talking footy, talking Supercoach over a thousand schooners that are local. Oh,
0: I can't like- wait to sit on a plane and chew Kempy's ear off about break evens. It's going to be so fucking office. It's not even funny.
1: Yeah, we'll be sucked
0: after round 4 won't we? <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll have enough, 100%. Uh, guys, thank you for joining us once again on Beers and break evens Code dropping next week. Huge episode next week and the week after that. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you are subscribed to Supercoach Playbook on YouTube. I'll make sure Timmy is the top comment. We'll pin it. Bill yeah, so can click there, go straight through to you. And Supercoach Playbook podcast dropping tomorrow afternoon.
1: Tomorrow afternoon this week, yeah. So it will be a pretty, like, set in stone Tuesday afternoons this season. But uh, life happens, gets in the way, a few things pop up. So Thursday afternoon this week. Yep.
0: Lovely. Thanks for joining us, guys. See you next Wednesday.